Pray with me. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, my Lord and my Redeemer. In Christ's name, amen. Well, it's wonderful to be together with the family at Fifth uh, today. I would like to do two very simple but important things during our time uh, together this morning. First, I'd like to reflect on Jesus' wonderful, amazing words in John 10, verses 14 to 16. I want us to recognize that on this Trinity Sunday, that Psalm 23 was as popular in Jesus' day as it is today. And so when Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, everyone knew about Psalm 23 and that the good shepherd in Psalm 23 was none less than Yahweh himself. And Jesus said, I am that good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen, and I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd that the glory of the Lord might cover the earth, fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. The second thing that I'd like to do this morning is share several stories as illustrations of Jesus' passionate desire to bring other sheep that are not of this sheep pen, that they too may listen to his voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. That's what mission is about. Now this context, John chapter 10, Jesus is sharing about his own nature, who he is and what he's about and what his relationship with us is. Jesus is the good shepherd. He's the one who knows his sheep. He loves and cares for his sheep, each one individually and all of us together, even to the point of laying down his life in exchange for ours. In other New Testament passages, Jesus says more about his heart, his purpose. He loves his sheep so much that he will even leave the 99 in the security of the, of the sheepfold and go searching for the one that is wandering, that's in mortal danger, that needs him. Jesus emphasizes in John 10 also the intimacy of this relationship that Jesus has with us. He knows us by name. I know my sheep. There's nothing about us that Jesus does not know. He's intimately aware of our thoughts, our attitudes, our strengths, our weaknesses, our sins, our struggles, our temptations, our successes, and he loves you, me. And his purpose is that his sheep will also know him, 
recognizing his voice. And the inference is that in so doing, we trust him implicitly and will go anywhere that he leads. And then Jesus introduces a surprising twist in verse 16 where he says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Now the disciples have been coming to understand that Jesus is the Messiah. And that's wonderfully good news. But then who could be the sheep of another flock? His disciples would naturally say, well, aren't we the Jews? Isn't that who the Messiah has come for? The, the Jews of that day commonly call those who were Gentiles, who were other, who were not like them, uh, uh, derogatory terms. They wouldn't, they wouldn't uh, touch them or, or connect with them. Surely Jesus could not mean that he was going to bring them into our group? Well, yes. That is exactly what Jesus meant. And in mission terms today, Gentiles are those who may be seen by us as other than ourselves. It's those of all the world major religions, Hindu, Buddhist, Muslim, animist, secular, humanist, and the like. And in, uh, God is at work powerfully uh, in this day, working in very diverse places and in unprecedented ways. And Jesus is going into these other sheepfolds also directly and through his people and calling them by name literally. And I just want to share uh, a, a story of how, how personal that call can be. Uh, I met uh, Prabhu in, in Thailand in a, con uh, in a conference for those who were working in the Buddhist uh, world a few years ago. He was single. He was 33 years old. He was broke. I invited him to share my uh, room and, uh, and hear his story. He was a, a Hindu who had uh, viewed Christianity as a foreign religion. He didn't want anything to do with it. But he had a mother who was praying for him, and mothers never stop praying. Fathers never stop praying. One day, Prabhu had a dream in which he was being attacked by uh, black dogs, and he was terrified that they were going to tear him apart. And then suddenly there was, in this dream, a man in brilliant white with his back to Prabhu facing the dogs who simply looked at the dogs. And these dogs uh, stopped their attack and, and put their heads on their paws and, and stopped. And then the man turned and looked at Prabhu and his eyes were filled with love. And when Prabhu woke in the morning, he knew that the man that he had seen in the dream existed in reality and that he needed to know him. And I can't I share all the details of the story, but Prabhu came to Christ. Um, and, uh, and soon after he came to Christ, he had a second dream in which the Lord met with him and directed him to his life's work, which was to work with uh, Tibetan Buddhists. And he moved to, the, fam, uh, uh, to uh, the city where the Dalai Lama is and uh, is uh, planting churches, evangelizing, discipling people. This is, he, he drives an old motorbike through 4,000 meter uh, passes, the highest roads in the world, um, sharing testimony and distributing uh, literature and leading people to Christ. Uh, this is one, one sheep that Jesus calls by name 
into his kingdom and into ministry. And currently, you know, there are so many Hindu people coming to Christ in India that the government has chosen not to release its own census data for fear of disruption. That's significant. You know, the Lord loves dreams. We, Carol and I returned from India, or from Indonesia uh, recently, and a story was shared from Istanbul where someone had uh, put a, face, a targeted Facebook ad uh, for a certain part of Istanbul saying, if you have met in your, your dream a man in white, in billowing white robes, click here and tell us your story. There were so many hits that, that the server of that little ad agency couldn't keep up. The Lord is that passionate that his lost sheep come in to his kingdom. You know, the, we have been praying, uh, many of you will have seen this on um, the bulletin board uh, during Ramadan. In 1993, uh, Christians around the world begin to 30 days of prayer during Ramadan for the Muslim world. Um, I'm sure many of you have been a part of that as well. You know, uh, one of the uh, church planting networks that uh, we are working with in February, we gather four uh, networks in the uh, large church planting networks in the world, will meet and look at the 15 regions of the world and seek to collaborate strategies for accelerating church planting in each of those regions. One of these partners uh, has been doing research in movements to Christ in the Muslim world. A movement to Christ is defined as a thousand people who have come to Christ that are, that are connected, first, second, third spiritual generations. And, and have there since the prayer for Muslims during Ramadan began in 1993, something of, of very close to 25 million Muslims have come to Christ. Many, many times more than all of the previous 14 centuries uh, that Islam has been uh, present. Um, we're working with a team facilitating a network like that in Indonesia, where there are 200,000 Muslims who are in small groups, just five people per group, various places, all very, um, you know, low-key, kind of under, under the radar. And this movement has been doubling every 14 months for the last 10 years. That's how passionate the Good Shepherd is for his people, for the sheep of every sheepfold. Dina was a friend, or is a friend, that was working in the uh, animus jungles of Madagascar. And before we met him, uh, Dina was working uh, he was surveying the jungle, finding villages where there were no churches and there were literally thousands that even the government didn't know about. And uh, he began to plant churches. Uh, we met him during that time uh, in the Global Church Planning Network, uh, connecting him to someone who was very effective in disciple-making movements, the same process that was taking place in Indonesia. And that movement now with the strength of partnership and training helping in has now seen over 2,200 churches in various villages throughout uh, Madagascar. And uh, there, are, there are 200 Bible study groups that are being added every month throughout that uh, rainforest, a jungle. 
there are, there are many stories to tell and, and uh, we look forward to those who are able to uh, join us uh, for Sunday School after the service uh, with Shelvis. And uh, the point is, is really this, just this. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. I lay down my life for the sheep. That's passionate love. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. That's why Jesus came. They too will listen to my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. The Lord uses all manner of normal and extreme measures, dreams, miracles, remarkable conversions to thrust workers out into the harvest. And you know, the Lord has brought the mission field also to us. Refugees, international students, immigration, foreign workers, many from restricted access uh, nations. This evening I have a conversation with uh, a brother in Beijing. It would be dangerous to him for me to visit him in Beijing, but we are working to make a connection. I don't know whether this can be recorded, so I won't say too much, but there will be people coming from a number of nations to a certain location for training that will be helpful in a season that the government in that country are closing down churches by the hundreds, even as we speak. But there are people from that country here among us as international students, immigration, refugees, and so on. And all we have to do is cross the street and befriend those who may be other than us. But they are those for whom Jesus has come. Maria is a Filipino woman uh, in one of Carol's uh, Kairos uh, courses in Canada. She works with an Iranian woman who came and shared with her that she had a dream of Jesus, a man in white, and asked this, uh, Maria, what is this about? And Maria told her, it must be Jesus. It's, that's the only one it could be. But she didn't know what to do after that. And she spoke with Carol, and Carol led her through a discovery Bible study process that would help her help this Iranian woman come to know the one who had come into her life and wanted her also uh, to be a sheep of his fold. And so let's be a part of his amazing work with the love that the Father has for the Son and the Son has for his sheep that he's calling to himself so that they too, those who have come to our nation, would hear his voice and be one flock and one shepherd. You know, often Carol and I invite in response to God's word reflection on questions such as these. And I know that we don't have time to do that uh, in the depth that would be valuable when we're together here, but perhaps the IT team could post it on the church website and you could take a quiet time, one of your quiet times this week, and just reflect on these questions of your relationship with those who are um, new to the community, those who are sheep of, of another fold from our perspective, um, and to respond further and more deeply as we listen to the Good Shepherd direct our lives into this 
great harvest of love and grace and reconciliation also. Let's bow our hearts before the Lord. Father, we thank you so much for your boundarylessness in love for sheep of other sheepfolds. Lord, thank you for the extreme measures that you use, dreams, visions, miracles, the very cross and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ to bring all men and women, boys and girls, to yourself for time and for eternity. So, Father, give us your heart. Give us your eyes to see opportunities near and far for which you have prepared us. May your kingdom come. May Jesus be lifted high above all the earth in his matchless name we pray. Amen.